Oh, here we go. Let's see. If we're lucky, Fiona, this will start and we're underway. Looks good. <laughs> Fiona McLeod. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're most welcome. Thanks for coming along. Um, I wanted to ask you, if I could, about your history in Siren Soul and how you got started in all this online sort of positive work that you do for people. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's quite a journey, so I'll have to grasp at a few ideas and pull them together like a bit of a jigsaw, really. Like, it ultimately, Siren Soul came about out of my own personal self-love journey, or lack of self-love, and it's evolved into more of an empowerment mentoring system, which, having discovered more about who I am, I now help other people to dive deeper into their deeper self, their inner inner self and allow them to really let them their true selves come out to play i've seen some of your um your tarot tuesday episodes <laughs> which are great fun they're really cool um and i've what i must admit i really like the way that you seem to take a very positive approach to the people that come onto your show i mean i don't know if you know them personally or some of them you know because they turn up like online once or twice or something yeah i do have a few regulars it's pretty cool and I actually don't know the people personally. Funnily enough, none of my friends actually watch the show. Thanks, friends. Oh, I uh, except, oh, yes, of course. This is a new thing you've just recently <laughs> discovered. No, Tarot Tuesday was a very organic process that actually accidentally began, which I really love this because this is how I believe life could, ought to maybe work. Should, I could go as far to say, which means that following the next step, the next kind of opportunity that that presents, whether that's in someone turning up in my life or an inspiring idea. So basically, one day I just was lounging around, not looking too flash, in fact, which normally I'd be a bit more vain about getting on camera. <laughs> and I jumped on to Facebook and decided to do a live reading to see who would jump on to ask some questions. So I did that for a number of weeks whenever I felt like it. And these days it's become more of a organised and organised event to... 5.55 p.m. Tarot Q&A Tuesday. Is it the time each t each Tuesday? Well, I swap and change a bit to 4.44 or 5.45 because as the woo-woo woman that I am, I like to add a bit of numerology into the process. Oh, and these are important numbers, are they? I see. Angel numbers, angel numbers. Angel numbers. This is all, all new to me, all this stuff. I mean, I've seen, obviously I've seen tarot cards done before and Renee and my sister sometimes would do them, but um, I'm really not au fait with the, uh, the, the background of it and the history of it. Well, I will help you to learn about this, if you like, because the the tarot is not something that I just picked up a few weeks ago and did on Facebook. I have actually been playing with the tarot since I was, let's just say, about 30 years ago. And <laughs> started, when you, started when you were six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good good math, mathics. Uh, <laughs> so the tarot is more of a portal into our subconscious mind, although it's quite often referred to as a fortune-telling tool. It is possible to see what is most probable in, in an outcome based on the current energy using the tarot's messages. However, I personally use it to help people to recognise what's blocking them from being their best self or from getting what they, they want for making their dreams come true, which means that really we are all, in my mind, we are all souls coming having a human experience and the soul is the essence of love and abundance and goodness. And to me, everything already exists for us, our only block to us receiving our greatest happiness and success and love and, and even money is actually the way we've been conditioned 
from our childhood, from our earlier relationships, from old, maybe even past lives in some cases, if you're into that way of thought. And that comes through in our superconscious, our subconscious, and can influence our, well, it certainly influences all of our actions, our reactions, and the way we interact with people and do things. Yeah, I think there's a lot to do with just like a a positive mindset. And that's what I see you influencing on on the episodes I've seen where, you know, people come to you with a problem or a challenge and I find that you tend to look for a positive way of spinning what you're getting from them as to how they might progress or do things. And I, I think that really, I think that works. I think that being positive, you know, you tend to manifest things. But if you take the time to say, okay, I want to achieve this and you actually focus on it and work on it, that changes your whole outlook and that changes the way that you exist in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely a starting point to have a decision to be positive. Like it's actually a decision yeah. we make because as humans, we're naturally more in survival instinct, which means our first instinct is more of a negative and an assumption that somebody's going to attack us based on our caveman days. Yet when I do the tarot, of course, you all would have heard the term, there's two sides to every card. And that's everything in life. We can either be the victim or the empowered person. Hmm. And I guess that I, not I guess, I actually know that I'm all about empowerment because we can all be a victim and we've all been victim to our circumstances. We've all had moments where we feel, why me? Or this, I feel sorry for myself or other people have it better. And none of us have gone through life without having one of those moments because that's the human experience of seeing contrast in our life compared to somebody else's, which shows us what we do want or we don't want. And I, speaking of that, use these more negative things that happen in our life to have a positive twist by recognizing it's giving us an opportunity to get more clear on our desires, on our intentions, or most people would call them goals. However, I use them a bit more from a feeling base. So rather than saying my goal is to be financially secure, I would say my goal is to be able to do whatever I want when I want feeling the freedom. And so that's how I help people to heighten their overall look in life. I call it a prospect. Actually, I'd love to talk to you about this because this is something I bang on about a lot. And that's really understanding whether it's your business prospect or your personal prospect. This means your overall intention to life. Believe it or not, even Many of the CEOs in the world have never even considered this for their personal life, even though they might run this concept within a company. It's usually more materialistic driven, like financially driven. And I like to talk about two different characters that this has popped up in recent conversations, so seems apt to share it with you. Basically, you've got two characters going through life, and let's just say that one of them, they're ultimate goal is to be financially secure or to own their own home so they can feel secure and feel comfortable for moving forward towards their retirement or something like that. It's quite a common human desire, right? Now, the other person could set their intention so much higher, like say that their dream was to be their most best self, for sake of example. What I'm referring to is anything that expands who they are that's not material related. That just means that their inner essence is evolving, their human character is evolving. And so these two intentions set up everything that happens in their life. 
So for example, both parties are most likely keen to be financially secure, but one's focus is on their personal fulfillment and personal achievements on a inner level, and the other is strictly materialistic. Yeah. Now, let's take a life example that happens. So say somebody, these people both lose a loved one, and they first of all go into grief. It's like devastating. They're like so heartbroken, and it's just horrible, like any normal human that can feel their feelings. And after a little bit of time, it becomes all about us. We're now poor us, we've just lost our loved one, poor us, it's not fair on us. So it's all about us. Now, an open-minded, empowered person would be aware of their feelings. They may equally go into, oh my God, now this has happened to me. I just, I've got no support. I feel unsupported. It's all my loss. And they can, one person could go down into a deep, dark spiral of even to the point of depression, or the other person could take it on as, okay, here's a trigger. Here's a, here's a, negative situation happening i'm not feeling good so anything that's not feeling good is an opportunity to redirect right so they could go okay i'm not feeling supported i need to look after myself better so that i do feel supported i need to support myself i need to talk to myself nicely i need to reach out and connect with others so i do have the support in these times of needs for the future and they use it as an opportunity to expand their life whereas the other person maybe got has gone down the path of depression now life is so bad because I've lost these loved ones and now they're so upset and depressed or anxious or just flat that they can't even work. So now their dream to make money to buy their house, everything is now they're upset about that. So they're driven to depression because they can't achieve that financial security. Oh, yeah. Whereas this other person has... Is always just trying to achieve what's better for them generally. And so you can do that from any position, from any point. You can always look to, even if you're in a bad spot, you can look to say, okay, well, how can I improve from here? How, how can, can I, I learn from this? And how can I take this challenge to make it my gift? Now, yeah. what people don't, what the next stage to this, and I'll quickly, <laughs> the story's got a bit bigger than I expected. The next stage is to literally say, okay, if you're going to, now I've just lost my train of thought there. <laughs> if you... If you want to expand yourself and be your personal best, you'll generally be feeling good. And when we feel good, we ooze this amazing positive vibe, right? Even if you yeah. don't say anything, you can stand there in the street and look like a happy person. Yeah. And when we have that energy oozing out of us, it's like a radio station putting out a signal to... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and therefore you attract the same back. So that person is naturally going to attract opportunities to make more abundance, to become more financially secure, to attract people at the right time in the right place. And so that's where this holistic view on how to be empowered is so much more rewarding and easy than it is to be stuck in this mindset of you have to control how you make your money. The truth is all you have to control is feeling good. Yeah, and the other things will sort of flow from yeah. that outlook. So though it's it's positive mindset, but it's more than that because you have to shift the energy at the end of the day, not just the thought because our conscious thought is so small in comparison to our huge mind if we consider the subconscious mind being 95%-ish of our overall functionings. I mean, it runs our playing the guitar, uh, it runs out everything from beating our heart to those, you know, to driving a car after we've learned to drive a car to how we can multitask without thinking about everything we're doing all at once. And that's a whole other story, the subconscious mind.
<laughs> Does that make sense to you, though? Like, I know it's a big story yeah. to explain how an empowered way of looking at life can actually make your life more easy. It- it does. It it resonates with me because there's a thing that I learned a little while ago, and this is in the work that I, you know, my background in working with teams of people, the high functioning teams, and software development, and that, and this concept of like an agile way of working. One of the thing, one of the concepts in there, which is a great way just to change the way you look at something, is when something goes wrong, you learn to celebrate it. Like if yeah. something goes completely wrong with our process and it's a major screw up you celebrate it because now you've identified where there was a weakness in what you did Yes, and you're able to look at that and go, okay, so let's figure out how we can change our way of working, our process or the way we operate so that that's no longer there. And you've actually learned, you can come and instead of going, oh, blame you, that went wrong. Instead, as a team, you come out of it and go, we're better now because of that. Yep. It's a shame that that happened, but we're better. It won't happen again. We've learned from that. We've moved on and grown from it. So yeah, it, it does. It sort of resonates with me, but it's in a different approach from the it's way I've experienced. hundred percent the same yeah. because there's actually this old ancient wisdom. It's a, a saying that goes something like, whatever your situation, if you can say, thank you, I have absolutely nothing to complain about. Mm. And of course, it's super easy to do that when you're you know, you're madly in love on your wedding day and everyone's celebrating you and life is just blissful and what this is, life couldn't be more perfect. Yet, if you're struggling and you feel like you're about to be kicked out of your home and live under a bridge, it's very much a different story. Yeah. But that's the most important time to be able to be grateful or appreciative of the life experience. And that way you are open to intuitively knowing the message that you're being sent through this, what I would call a redirectional moment. Every low vibe situation, everything that doesn't feel good, is an opportunity to change course. If you can be in the or set boundaries. If you can be present enough, I guess, to assess and not be just taken away by that front of mind. Oh, I'm stressed. Instead, step back and go. Okay, this is a temporary thing, or it's not the entire world. I can move on from this or see beyond this. Hundred percent. It's actually what I call intentional living, which is something that I teach because most of the time people are wandering around aimlessly without actually a big picture plan. Not many people say my whole intention in life is to create adventures and laugh till the day I die. They're more likely to go, my whole intention is to have a Be successful at business yeah. or something, yeah. And going on from that story about thank you, I have absolutely nothing to complain about, is really also understanding that we're humans. So when people say, isn't it? It's not fair. Why is this happening to me? And I'm like, ah, uh, because you're human. Mm. And that's actually the journey of us as humans. There is, you may have heard of the guy called Joseph Campbell, who he supposedly created the philosophy around the hero's journey. Yet I actually take it one step backwards and I say, actually, this was from the tarot. This is called the fool's journey. And in the major arcana, which is half the deck of the tarot, there is a, a story that is told through all the major archetypes that are presented. And the fool is the number zero, and it's, he starts on a naive journey to experience life. And so he casts out these spells as the magician. These are our desires. Then he goes through this experience of life through the trials and tribulations. He experiences structure and polarity and transformation and and crisis point only to have the epiphany to come out the other side with the wisdom. Mm. 
And this is a short version of pretty much any movie that you'll watch. And so this was created in the tarot well before I believe that Joseph Campbell created the hero's journey, which is exactly the same. You know, you start off in a situation, life goes a little bit crap, then more challenges, it's a disaster, the disaster comes full circle, the lessons are learned, the epiphanies are gained, and now you are a more growing, amazing, happy person. And I said to someone last night in the Tarot Q&A Tuesday, the greater the challenge you've ever experienced or the greater the trauma or the greater the shit, the bigger the opportunity to expand. The same goes for the deeper you love, the deeper opportunity you will probably have to be hurt. But it's the clarity of life. Yeah, but that's a that's a really good statement. That the bigger the challenge that you take on, the the bigger the the reward or growth or feeling of achievement. I guess exactly. You, so that can it. be in business or work or in sports and love and relationships. Whatever you invest, you know, the more it's like the more you care about something, the worse your thoughts can go. It's like if you kiss your kids yeah. goodnight and you think, oh. My God, look at them. They're so peaceful in their bed. They look so beautiful. You know, and you're actually having a moment where they're not screaming and fighting with each other. And then you quickly go to, oh, my God, imagine if, they, if there was a car crash and something happened. You know, it's oh. so easy to have those random thoughts of yeah. like, what am I even thinking about this for? Because that's our survival instinct to go to the complete opposite of the same thing. You know, like because love and fear are the same and, you know, hot and cold are the same thing, really. It's just a different scale of the same emotion or experience. Does it make sense to you though? Because a lot of people don't realize that they just think that it's extremes. It's it's the whole yin yang. It's like black is also white. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's just a different scale of the same. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of gray. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Oh my God, it's getting a bit deep, isn't it? <laughs> what, was the, what was the half of the tarot? You call it the arcana? Is so that... in the tarot, there's, the first half is the major arcana, and that is the archetypes. So there is 22. I should know this, 21, 22. Oh, my God. And then the other half is like a normal playing deck, except for instead of having the clubs, the diamonds, the hearts, and the spades, we have traditionally swords, pentacles, wands, and cups. And this is... What is a pentacle? A pentacle is a coin, a money. Oh. Often, so in the tarot, if pentacles come up, it's often to do with business or money or abundance oh. or even just things that are very earthy, materialism. It's very much a human base chakra kind of doing life. And then we move up into the next chakra, which is about the wands, which is all about the passion and the creativity. So if you move up the chakras, if you know anything about the chakras, which are different Indian, okay, well, they're just energy centers in the body, but the seven main ones start at the base, which is all about your root chakra. It's keeping ourselves earth. And the next one up is actually the womb energy, which of course you think of a womb as where babies are created. So that's our creative chakra. And so if if the wands are related to that chakra, they also represent passion and creativity and sexy time, you could say. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes if somebody asks me in the tarot, what sort of man will I end up with? And the, in a passionate night of... And you get a wand chakra, yeah, you're pe- like, you're in for a good night. Yep, I'm yeah. like, oh, it's the ace of wands, it's going to be hot and sexy. <laughs> or if it's a night of wands, we'll get ready for some youthful, <laughs> passionate vibes. And then we move up through to the... 
eventually you get to, like, we've got the swords, which are thoughts and ideas and words. So if someone says what sort of job would be I'd be oh. good at if I'm, I'm having a bit of a crossroads, it's not really a question I get asked that much, but we you can indicate, I read the cards through symbols and intuition, mostly intuition actually. But And then the cups are all about emotions and love and feelings and fulfillment and yeah. Is it easy reading the cards with people when you can sit down and see them rather than like online? Doesn't really make any difference, actually. Doesn't. No. It's just energy. You can pick up anyone's energy all over the world at the end of the day. So, oh, yeah. I wondered about that. So I know that, yeah, there's sometimes you can you can surprise yourself where you talk to someone and you can just look at them and go, oh, I just know that this has been going on with them or that's happened or something, and then you find out you're right. And it feels like, yeah, well, I knew. You could just tell it, even though they didn't say it. So I wonder when you're reading, when you're doing a tarot reading with someone, and you're trying to understand who they are and where they're coming from, if it, was, if it would be something that you could do online. But um, you can. So. Yeah, absolutely. And also the thing is that I actually go into a different zone, so I have to tap out of my head, mm. which is really quite ironic because I'm a recovering overthinker, um, <laughs> recovering perfectionist as well, recovering a lot of things. Um, and that's... The, if I'm not feeling good, me doing a tarot reading is like me doing a meditation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I totally get it. Even here, when I when I do the show with people, I, I did one one of the early ones, and I was pretty hungover, and yeah. I really should have just canned it and said, "No, nah, man, I'm too tired." And I I just notice it afterwards. I watched yeah, I watched the show back. I was like, "Dude, there's just no energy there at all." You know, yeah, just tired. Yeah, well, that's sort of the opposite for me in a way because I can kind of you get like to it work on. hungover not so much hungover <laughs> but definitely not my flashes some days and it kind of just I turn in I don't say I turn into another character but I definitely I actually have to tune into the energy to get in the zone so I can work efficiently and I do some funny breathing when I do that actually it's quite I kind of aim to do it behind the scenes when I'm going live for my tarot Q&A Tuesday but in live readings when people come to see me I'm like yawning away and doing some deep breathing it's just something that accidentally happened and it's a way of me shifting the energy and it works so like yeah like shifting your um you like your not your awareness your, your sort of consciousness like you're saying being focused right on what you're doing i years ago i had a an example where i got invited along to a um like a photo shoot and it was for a building, like a new skyscraper. And they were trying to sell rental places in there. So they'd set up a corner office and I was meant to be like a, just a businessman, you know, sitting at my corner office. And they're going to show this to people in a brochure, like how great to, you should rent this office. This is what you could look like. Um, and then one of the things we had to do was the the woman who had organized the whole thing, she sat across from the table from me and we had to pretend to have a conversation. And we were just like laughing our heads off until we kind of st- Stopped thinking about the fact that we're meant to be having a conversation and we actually just had a, a conversation. conversation. Yeah. And once we had a conversation, it was like, oh, the cameraman's like, yeah, great. You guys look really relaxed and cool. But it took us five minutes of laughing before we could actually get to that zone of just shifting our consciousness to not be thinking about what we're doing, just doing what we're doing. Yeah, it's actually a very interesting point for a lot of reasons because I did a lot of acting years ago and you have to really keep your eye on the prize of what you're doing, your eye on your focus of what you're doing, as you say, just like in like a crickets per, cricket person keeping an eye on the ball or the wickets mm-hmm. wherever they're going. But I actually also do that when I'm working 
I ha- yeah, that's why I think it's so meditative because most of us are thinking too many things at once. Mm-hmm. And it's also why a lot of people say, um, quite a lot when they're doing speeches, if they're not used to them, because they're thinking about all these other things. What are those people thinking? Does my tummy look fat in this dress? Oh my God, what am I saying next? Or oh, did I forget to turn the iron off? And there's all these things that are going on. So they are not focused and that actually takes them off. Now, this is actually a super good example for life in general, because if people are so multitasking in their head or even physically, they're never present. Yeah. And that's not being an intentional living process. And this is yeah. where people just accidentally end up where they are. It's easy to do. Mm. It's easy to do, to just float your way through life, I guess. Aimlessly, as I say. Yeah, aimlessly. Yeah. You know. And even though you probably do think you have got aims, I just think you're right. You need to – it's like exercising. You, you need to be focused and sort of dedicated to stay fit. You know, if you just don't do it, then you're not going to stay fit. If you keep doing it and you're religious about it, you'll stay fit. It's like that with your mind and being focused on things. If you just – if you don't take the time to do it, it just won't happen. But if you do, yeah, you can see amazing benefits. I use that example all the time because it's so, it's so normal for us these days to do the fitness – habits in fact it wasn't 100 years ago Mm. and now it's becoming more normal for people to have energetic habits like energy clearing of their auras or their body or their mind through meditation or just conscious awareness that they are a mind body and soul piece of work and just like cleaning your teeth every day you've got to clean up your energy otherwise it gets a bit furry Mm. and grubby just like your teeth would yeah and that's like, the, as you said, the mind, but I talk about the energy more so because it's the energy that is the root of it all, in my opinion, because everything that already exists right now is old news in the energetic realm to me. It's, you know, what we focus on next, what we're focusing on now, we're creating more of. So we might as well keep it. You, f- you, f- you focus. Now I think about it. Your focus is like, the most valuable or maybe one of the most valuable things you've got because if you you know you can achieve people can achieve anything people do all sorts of things people can hold their breath for mm. eight minutes if they practice yeah. it they can high jump they can whatever, do whatever lift massive weights and all that sort of thing but they're only getting that through focusing on it and you know achieve really working to achieve that target i think that's a, that's the thing if you can control your focus not only not to say oh i'm just going to focus on lifting weights and being a weightlifter but i think more like you were saying before just if generally you're a person who can say i'm in control of my focus so if it's time now to spend time with my family then i will be present with my family now and focus on them and now if it's time to go and work i'll be focused on the work and present on that and again not like multitasking in your mind and that that's a tough skill to be able to be on top of all the time well, it's just like, as you said, going to the gym, you build, it's a practice. And I, my, mo, one of my most common sayings is focus on what you want, not what you don't want. Because most people focus on what's not going right instead of what is. Yeah. And my, even if they're just moaning about what's going on on the news or what the government is doing or how this course isn't working for them. That's, so instead of just moaning about it. That's just wasted time. Yeah, it's not doing anything. It's actually energizing the wrong. So the, my suggestion is to, if you can't actively do something to make a change that you would do, then put some good energy into it anyway. Mm. Because when it's, it goes back to that old fashioned saying, don't spill the milk, instead of saying, be careful with the milk. Because you 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 hear is oh, yeah. what that's how the 
the mind works. It doesn't hear the details of how you say it. There's some studies that they've done experiments where they took people into a room, two groups of people into a room, and I think they had something like a piece of string from one corner of the room to the other corner of the room, and they had to find a way to connect it. Some simple tests, but yeah. they would prime people. And some of them they'd prime. They'd say, hey, this, is, this next test in this room is really tough. It's really hard. Chances of you getting it done, right. really low. But don't feel bad about it. It's okay. Most people will fail this. It's okay. The next one after that's easy, you'll get it. And those people who are primed that way would generally fail. They couldn't figure out the simple tests. The other people who they'd prime them and go, this one's a no-brainer. You'll get this done in like 30 seconds. Go in there, get it done. We're out of here. You know. And they'd go in there and go, oh, you're sure? It's a no-brainer. It's easy. Mm -hmm. That whole you know, priming of what to expect and getting yourself to, oh, well, this is what I can achieve because this is what I've been told I can achieve, what I think I can achieve, rather than going, oh, I can achieve this. I'm open to do that. And then achieving more than you thought. It's powerful, the mind. And that, and that achieving more than you thought is a really important thing for what I teach my clients or what I work with because – if you limit your goals at a, you know, you've got a cutoff point, you literally do that. So I, for example, if I had, when I first got into Siren Soul, my aim was to empower millions of people all over the world. So that was quite a broad concept. I didn't tell the universe how I was going to do it. In my human mind, I thought, I'm probably just going to do some coaching work and a little bit of you know, my background in herbal medicine and massage therapy and energetic hands-on healing. You know, I'm just going to do it like this. But I didn't get set on it. Like, I didn't set some rigid ways. And because of this, I allowed myself to be open to the gifts that presented in front of me or the signs from the universe, some people might say, or my intuition giving me some inspiration. And that's how I ended up reading tarot. It was just like one day I literally went, hey, I could do this for a living. I've been using the cards for so many years. I know what I'm doing. And the next day I had a sign on the street and I've never looked back. It literally happened in 24 hours. Yeah. And if I had a said, no, on the six-month plan is to now train up in a new skill and do, you know, I would have actually been thinking about it rather than feeling my Dang. way through. And I think people limit their life by having these specific goals. And that's why I like to have these overall intentions that mm. me being the tarot reader the second card in the deck is number one the magician and what he does is he casts his spells out to the universe which is like setting the intention or setting a goal in the mainstream way of doing things now when he casts that spell he throws this idea out to the universe and that's a masculine action and in life, we're about yin and yang. We're about balance. And he casts it out. We look, we took it like out there and, and down the ground. So in order for that spell to come from the ethers into reality in the ground, it has to pass something. Do you know what it is? No. If you're looking at me between my feet. Between your heart. Yes. And so if you if you have a block in that line between casting oh, yeah. a spell and it actually happening in this world, whether that's a boyfriend or a new job or a million dollars, then if there's a block in that flow, that's going to cause a block in oh. the flow. So yeah. we can clear that energetically, but this second stage to creating any dream or goal is to be clear enough to hear your intuition because your intuition is the feminine and I'm going to get to the nitty gritty of this shortly because it's quite cheeky. The man 
The masculine throws the spell, casts the seed. The woman receives it with an intuitive awareness and, and takes the next action step from that intuition, that knowing she needs to do this. So that man and woman, they then create the creation, the baby, the creation. So that could also be a normal business person casting an idea out with the company, having a gut instinct by taking time to nurture their more spiritual side, their energetic side, balance themselves with, with meditation, make sure they're not stressed because that's when we hear our intuition the most. So he can actually work with logic and he can work with his intuition as one character and then he can create something. So that's one plus two equals three in the tarot. The number three is the pregnant lady in the tarot. Is it? Yeah. And so that's, you do get the concept that man plus woman equals baby, but yeah, logic plus intu I've intuition. I've sorted that one out. Yeah, I've yeah, tested yeah, that one yeah. a couple I, times. I, I've heard a few stories. <laughs> I've, I've, I've actually heard a few stories. <laughs> so, but you know what I'm saying? I'm, I feel like I've confused everyone and yourself, but no. it basically it's the intuition and the logic must work together to form the most easiest and beautiful creations. But most people are just doing the masculine. This is how I think it's going to happen. I'm going to control it to happen. I'm too stressed to hear my intuition. Yeah, I get what you mean. I kind of feel like it's um, if there's something that you are passionate about, you love, you want to do, you know, you, you'll naturally gravitate towards it. That's sort of the, in, the intuition part of it. I'd like me like I've got a goal. This is my um, this is the logic is I need to do something with my time. But then following the int intuition is the thing that will probably get you to the thing. Let you do what you want to do. You know? like for, me, for me, it's this. It's doing, the, it's doing this podcast. Yeah. It's, it's a thing for me, which I just love doing now. It took me 50 years to, <laughs> to, to find it. it. It actually came up in five minutes, though. I'm like, what the heck? Where did this come from? Yeah. It's amazing. You've done so well. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Oh, thanks. I'm, I'm, pr I'm proud of you and what you do online oh, too. Yeah. But it's a, that, that for me is a, is a huge thing. People talk about, oh, you do what you love, but it does make a big difference. I mean, I've, I've worked hard at some ideas before because of things like, oh, right, if I do this, if I build this, yeah, this could make money, you know, but it's just, it's hard slog because it's not necessarily what you want to do. Mm. Whereas now, I don't know if I'll ever make any money doing this, but I sure I'm enjoying doing this, you know. You see, that's the thing. The feel good that you get in it is setting you into what I would call a receptive mode to receive the greatest abundance, love and success. If we feel good, we're in alignment with our soul's energy mm -hmm. and our soul is naturally has it all. And it's just a process of practicing doing what makes us feel good and finding what makes us feel good. Because most people don't even know, sorry, that's a gross statement, but actually many, 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 many people don't know what they like to do and they certainly don't know what their passions are. Oh, so yeah. I actually have a few techniques that I get people to do. They're journaling techniques, they're visualizations, and it helps people to tap into their subconscious to relive and remember what they actually love to do and who they came to be on this planet to serve and which way makes them the most happy and ultimately everyone else it's just like the mother who's happy well the father as well but traditionally the mother who's happy have happy kids the mother who's anxious has not so happy kids I mean it's not quite as simple as that because there's a lot life is hard but it is actually that simple in the scheme of vibration hmm. and yeah, yeah. I, the going back to what you said though you know that's the thing with what I do I it's my favorite thing to do it's a, and I'm not like saying I'm a workaholic. I feel like I never work. Like I really, I don't even, 
I, I don't know if I could actually put my finger on why I love it. I just freaking love it. Mm. It gives me a buzz and I get so much, I get so much for, for like swollen heart. Like when I get thanks, if someone emails me after, well, when people do, because I do get a, quite a bit of feedback from both my Cosmic Consulting, which is a a monthly subscription. It's only 25 bucks, but it, you do get a lot of bang for your buck in that. And it's me downloading the the information for that week, which has last month turned into a business course of all things. And we really set people up for establishing their structure in a business by getting clear on what their message to the world is, knowing their prospect, understanding how to connect with their clients, being willing to let go of the clients that are not theirs and to really just be super clear on what they are offering to yeah, from their heart rather than their mind because too many people are trying to be logic about it and then it just becomes a business. I mean, it becomes a um, job. It's a chore job. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was gone way off track there. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you think? I like it. That's good. Yeah, I enjoy watching your show. I, oh, yeah. And then the Tarot Q&A Tuesday, that was the feedback I was saying. The feedback that comes through is kind of why I think I think if I didn't get the feedback, maybe I wouldn't love it as much. I think seeing the results is a lot like giving somebody a bunch of flowers and you, you can't wait for them to be there to give the flowers to so you can actually see the reaction or it could be a gift of anything. Something that you've thought so nice about somebody and then it's, they've you've made their day and that makes your day. You know? Oh yeah. So, you know, with, with doing the podcast and you, you would know this too, because you know, you put it up on YouTube. And so there's this, um, tendency to go, to look and go, Oh, am I, am I getting views? Are people watching it? And that's like, yeah, that's, that's cool. But honestly, the bigger reward I, I've been getting is at the end of the show after Mike's off and I talk to the people I've been talking yeah. to and they're just beaming and they're yeah. like, Oh, that was so much fun. Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Would you want to come back? Yeah, I'd love to come back. Like they're honestly, they've gone from, I think, coming on thinking a bit nervous about what it might be like. Everyone's thinking, oh, we'll talk. I'll talk for 10 minutes. I've got nothing to say. I'm really boring. And after two and a half hours, I was like, man, was that fun? And they're like, that was awesome. And so that makes me feel really good that these people that come on the show are having fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Because I think, I mean, most people like to have somebody show an interest in them as well. I think that's a very important part of even the work that I do is actually helping people to find their interesting parts within themselves Mm -hmm. because people aren't believing in themselves and they don't know what they have to offer. So by you asking these questions to your interviewees, they, they start to see their own light. They start to see their own charisma and... Yeah, it's something different, isn't it? You yeah. Know? Because at the end of the day, we're all we're all just humans trying to get by in exactly. life. Exactly. Exactly. So when I started this, you know, look, I had thought I had an idea for not an idea. I thought about doing a podcast like five years ago, maybe. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I think I'd enjoy doing a podcast. But what stopped me was I thought, well, what would my topic be? Because I right, couldn't yeah. think of what would be that niche thing that I'm really good at that I could do. Because I've always been just like a generalist. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm not the topic. The people are. Mm. You know, the people I can get on to talk to, they're more interesting than, than me. And that, that's why I want to do this is because I can talk to people like yourself and other people, people I've never met before, ideally, and just talk and learn and understand a bit more, grow a little bit by, from listening to other people's experiences and things. That's, that's valuable for me in doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and... 
the other thing is, is that it continues to evolve. I mean, if I even dared suggest that people go onto my YouTube and watch my beginning videos, I leave them up there. They are complete cringe. It's so embarrassing. If I was really the type to care about what people think, maybe I would have taken them down. However, this if I hadn't started doing that five years ago, wherever it was, seven years ago, then I'd have no content and I would have no traction. I would have, wouldn't have improved. And you just don't know where it's going to end up. And what I'm doing at the moment, once again, I didn't foresee. If you don't block it and you just stay open to this huge dream, you will always get... This is my biggest message. If you know your greatest big picture dream, you'll always get signs along the way to do let it lead you there faster. Meeting mm -hmm. people, books falling off shelves, as they say, or just gifts. I have so much abundance in my life, and it's not money that's representing that. It's massive generosity from other people that my energy seems to attract because I can't help but want to deliver too much out, outside so I seem to keep getting it back anyway you don't say how the more you give the more you get but that's not why I give it's, but it works it's that energy. way it's energy yeah. we're talking about energy a lot this is, yeah. I think Dave um again studies uh people like people near death you know old in their 90s and that living in old age homes and they talk to them and say you know what's the yeah. what's the secret of life or what's the most valuable thing and that and a, a lot of them talk about the real value to them is when they do things for other people oh is that right yeah well, there's also an interesting book. I haven't actually read it, but there is the the five something five memoirs of the dying that some hospice person actually recorded, and of course there you know things that they wish they'd done differently, and it certainly wasn't wasn't more work in the office. No, no. <laughs> and so that's actually one of the questions I get people to ask themselves, and I do a lot of journaling within the Siren Soul things, which helps people to access a deeper part of their psyche and some questions are like a simple one would be if money was no object maybe you could suggest that you had two million or more put into your bank account every January or maybe it was 10 for you if you needed to have that fabulous lifestyle then what would you do after you've bought your family a trip overseas and your house and your car and your new dog then what would you do? You know, that's that's, good, that's the question. That's a good question. I think to help people figure out what it is they might really like to do, because a lot of people they're busy in their lives. They got stuff going on. They got kids. They got work. It's hard to think beyond that and to take the time to go. Okay, if I did want to get out of this, what would I do? That's why I really do appreciate. Uh, I, I admire in some people you see online who've yeah. who've managed to go from the nine to five, which was just slowly killing them, wasn't right for them, to find something they love and be successful with it. That's a that's commendable, I think, because it's it's a tough thing to do. You know. Well, I think that I don't have children, you know this, uh, and that is a different line again because it does add another dimension into your focus points. Yet I just suggest to clients and call me the woo-woo woman, the new, new moon is a wonderful time to set new intentions and bearing in mind the moon affects the tides, it brings the water in and out, it affects us as well. We have this, we're 80% water, 70% mm -hmm. water, and the new moon, just because of the phase, it's, it's a time to, a great idea. If people scheduled that into their diary, like an appointment that they had to go to the doctor and made it a priority to actually organise their entire life, because it's quite weird that we don't make the time to actually consider our life. We're too busy to consider our life. Just like you might, if you're too busy to go to the doctor or you're too busy to do some exercise, it's all the same 
Are you looking after yourself or are you just getting by? And this is what I suggest because it is too easy to get into the humdrum of the day. So this is a daily thing. And in a family environment, I suggest starting it with the whole family because it's kids are way better at this idea than than we are. And every every month you write down ten intentions of how, and then you look back on your your whole year of intentions together on say let's say New Year's Day or something like that. I mean it's a fantastic way to bring kids up consciously to and also to make sure that you do reset your personal goals and your family goals. Yeah, that's the that's the key thing to do is just to take the time to stop what's going on and actually look at what you might want to achieve or might want to do. And I'll give you a little bit of a, a sneaky bit of free advice here. Someone, you know, some of my cosmic consulting. I've got a very specific and clever way of helping people to define their intentions. And it's not as easy as people think. I've had people in quite high business profiles do my intentional courses and they don't find it easy. They do find it rewarding because the outcome is really feeling based. And that's where a lot of people, are, they want to be heartfelt. They want to be in their heart, but they're just so busy in their head. So they can only think, I want to, I want to be fit and healthy. They won't get that far. But I would even change that to, I feel alive, bouncy. I am fit and healthy. So how does it feel to be fit and healthy? Why do you want that? I have so much energy in my life. I get to spend time with my kids and my friends because I've got so much energy. I've got extra time. So these are better intentions than mm, yeah. basic things. So understanding how to get specific. You now have a focus point that we talked about earlier. Can't focus if you don't have a focus point. Mm. It's just like I say, keep your eye on the prize, keep your eye on the prize. I was just helping a client go through a business sale recently. Yes, I do all sorts of things like tarot mentoring through the process of the sale of a business. And I do help people to write anything from emails to even text messages to their partners sometimes. This is all helping people to put the right energy into what they're doing and be clear on what their intention is to get out of it. So get rid of the waffle, even though I'm a great talker myself, I can actually write these things with the intention in mind. What do you want? Keep your eye on the prize. They start getting worried that sales not going to go through because someone got stressed out about something. I'm like, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize. It's fine. It's just part of the process. Mm -hmm. And when you go into the stress mode, it's a waste of energy and it actually breaks that nice free-flowing energy of manifestation vibes. Manifestation. That's a that's a good word. You know, I yeah. um but overused and under understood this in this day and age on YouTube and social media. I have a few opinions about that. Well I um feel as though I would have loved to have been a, a writer. Like there's plenty of times I thought, geez, I'd like to be able to write. Yeah. But when I think about some of the topics I want to write about, I actually feel a like... graphic. No, well, no. <laughs> just that I feel that they're ones that I would... Um, I don't want to think about the topic, which sounds really weird. What do you mean? But because I'm afraid of manifesting it. Like, I'm, you know, like I used to... When I was at... When I was young, in my teenage years and early twenties, I thought, "Yeah, I'd like then. no, I'd like to write." <laughs> no, I was reading a lot of horror. Yeah, I got that. Stephen King and that yeah. kind of thing. And I was like, "Oh, these are great books. I want to write books like this." Yeah. But when I'd sit down and actually like go like to really picture these scenes, I'm like, I don't want to be thinking about this stuff. I think you're onto it with that though. This well, doesn't actually feel good to think about this, and I feel like you've got to. 
and this is getting into the woo, I feel like you've got an ability to, you know, to manifest things through thought and action. And so if you're thinking about something all the time, then whether you'll take action, I don't know, but still it just feels not right. And so I, I know that was a, a block for me from like writing a couple of times because I wanted to write these scary things. Then I was like, I just don't want to think about these scary things. Yeah, well, you, you are pretty onto it with that is I would be 95% on board with that as a fact. The only 5% that I would say is that if you have one thought, that's fine. But if you are really yeah. intensely writing the book, and really hard out, putting all your energy into it. Absolutely. It's like being an actor and having to play a, a psycho yeah. person. You are going to be a bit psycho if you fully play the method acting. Yeah. Because you have to get into the energy. Into the character. It. Yeah, that's the thing. You've got to you've got to get into the character, I think, to well, I presume you do to write well. Feels so, like you would. And then so that requires self regulation and self management and self awareness. And and if you can do it with that, then you can reset and that's an art in itself and or or a practice, whatever you want to look at it. But life is a practice. Life is an art. And to yeah, it's, I think you're onto it with probably not doing it because you probably would have been intense enough to put a lot of yeah, kind it's, of something out there. It's, it's more, yeah, for me, it was more of a um, just a, a a feeling that if you think about this, like I would, I would, st I would stop my mind, and I do stop my mind from thinking about say death occurring to my family and friends. Yeah. You know, if a, if a thought comes into my mind about that, I'm pretty firm about putting it out. What do you, what do you and do? And I always with that? have been. Just, I just don't let it happen. Don't let the thought continue, which is weird because I'm a relatively logical person, but I have like, it's a strong feeling inside of me that I don't want to think about those things for fear of that somehow being let in and manifested. Yeah. Well, I find that. I relate to that, although I do have a little trick, a little technique that I find beneficial so you can avoid manifesting that. And there's two parts to it because there is some truth to when we have these, like I, I like here's an example. I go to the local dairy and I buy Nikki's eggs. Okay. We have these special eggs in the mount where this local lady makes them. So we make a special trip and I put them on the front seat of my car. And every time I go visual, smash on the floor so I just pick them up and I put them on the floor myself because I know that that is a pre-warning and if it's not it's easy enough for me to do anyway and it's worth because nine times out of ten if I don't listen to that moment yeah they will smash so I always yeah. go with that that action but if it's it's slightly different to what you're saying but if it is what you're saying then the fear that rises is the resistance to keeping it all safe so my thing is to literally feel into your heart and send the love consciously rather than block it because that's actually how I did a lot of heart healing for myself as well because when we we go around and we're fearful of getting hurt or we're fearful of saying the wrong thing or we're fearful of, you know, we sort of preempt what might happen in a family situation or with our boyfriend or girlfriend and we have are on edge before we start, we're already in resistance zone so nothing is going to flow as easy as it could. Mm -hmm. And I say to people just ooze the love and the compassion. Do you know what? It's hard for people. So I'll give you a little trick, which is very disturbing. <laughs> You'll like it in a horror kind of way. It's not, it's just a way to help access compassion because even though we all think we can feel love and good vibes, 
it's not easy to feel it for people we hate or dislike, yet it's the most powerful thing you can do for the people we hate and dislike. So what happens is, because if you have to think of somebody or something or some situation that you didn't like, maybe in current affairs, and you wanted to send them love, you could consciously go, oh, yeah, I'll think loving thoughts. But that's not really sending a feeling, is it? It's just a thought. It's one thing to think love. It's another thing to feel it. Mm. Are you with me so far? Yeah. So we don't know how to feel compassion that easily because we're so in fight or flight or survival mode as humans because so much, so much, so many of us are stressed out. So what we do is we choose somebody that we really, really love and we imagine and we can easily close our eyes and send some love to them, just think some nice thoughts. Now... You take that feeling and transfer it to someone that you, you can don't. do it that way if you can do it, but it's not as easy. So if you can get a deeper feeling of compassion, consider that person you're thinking about. Now visualize something very torturous or untoward happening to them. I think about my dog when I do this. It's yeah, my greatest love. Um, <laughs> and if someone was torturing my dog, my entire heart goes out to my dog you know like it's like you feel that compassion so intensely and now you've extended it in ways that you and now try and shift that to somebody else but this is a way that you can conjure up what it feels like to be compassionate because it's not a it's not mm. a daily feeling because people are selfish and people are busy and people are so stuck on their own stuff and it's but it's your power to share the compassion because you're the one who's carrying any burden of Hatred or jealousy or resentment is that is that sort of technique something like like method acting? How you know? You I believe this is actually an old maybe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Buddhist theory actually. It's huh. something ancient, maybe Eastern. I I'm not 100 percent sure, but I have. Oh, Kundalini. Yes, Indian based. I believe. Indian -based. Yeah, and the going on from that. I want to share something else about, not sure now, but that compassion is such a healer for yourself and others. But to be able to feel that compassion for yourself first, that's why I teach that to clients because they can't be self-compassionate often. That's the first thing we need to start with. And that's where I began teaching that torturous example because that's how it feels. If you can feel it for your loved one, now feel it for yourself, now give it to someone you don't like. And the, well, this is like the benefits of being able to forgive people. Well, that's exactly that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Take, taking away that constant burden and energy, negative energy and hatred and whatever which is inside of you and being able to forgive and let's move on from that. Well, as they say, if you hate someone or you're sending angry vibes or you're holding grudges, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. Mm, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> like that's actually what you're doing because it good. really does kill us. As I said to you in a, in a message last night, as Roald Dahl says, think happy thoughts and they'll radiate out of you like moonbeams. <laughs> it's true though. Roald Dahl is good. The twits, remember that? Well, you know what? I didn't, I didn't read the twits when I was young. I, I, I read Roald Dahl when I was older. I think in New Zealand, oh, yeah. Roald Dahl was like common for lots yeah. of kids. When I was in Australia, it was in my teenage years, and I read some of his um, shorter stories 
but some of those were great. They were one just magic stories about magic, but yeah. with it, yeah, in in adult situations rather than one like BFG, which is a yeah. great kids story and those kind of things. Um, yeah, what a, a fantastic writer he is. That. Yeah, I actually. I remember loving him, but I can't remember his actual stories. And this is actually a very good example with what we're talking about here because we always remember how things felt, right? It's that saying mm. that people don't remember necessarily what you did or what you said, but they always remember how you felt, how, how, you, made how, how, how you made, made them, them feel. feel. I'm just kissing your microphone. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and so – I'm all over the feelings, right? Like I grew up as a super sensitive, emotional girl who wasn't allowed to be super sensitive, emotional. Cause I was in a family of entrepreneurs and everything was like just getting on with life. And I'm like, this is life. Life's about emotions. And I was quite wise for my young self actually. And I've always, I've always been quite focused on what I want to do. And therefore I have continued and done pretty much everything I wanted. Not necessarily the easy way, but I quite like my crazy journey now. Yeah, it's kind of like the greatest storm that you had the best kind of insurance claim after it or something. Well, it gives, <laughs> it gives, gives colour, doesn't it? Like if yeah. you if everything just went the way you thought it was going to go at age 12, mm. it would be a pretty weird life for someone to be middle-aged to have lived. The things that don't happen, the, the twists on the yeah. journey is what gives people character and colour. You know, like some of the most interesting people I know have had some hard times in their life. I don't know any interesting people who haven't had any hard times yeah. in their life. I actually did play my whole life by the time I was 11 years old. Yeah, lots of people do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, actually this is a really good um, aspect to share with you because it's relevant. I played my whole life. I, I, you know, I had the house tick, the man tick. The money tick, the career tick, the kids tick, the, this whole life tick, tick, tick. I knew exactly what was going to happen. And so if we're talking about focus, I was pretty motivated and ambitious and driven my whole life until I hit just before 40 or around 40 and none of that had actually happened. So here's a here's a little missing piece to our puzzle that we've been raving on that we haven't shared. So it's there's more than focus. So I've talked about intuition and following that, but I've also talked about this line being free-flowing road of energy and I did a lot of self-help spiritual discovery and all sorts of things growing up I've always been fascinated in all the stuff I've done I mean I've studied constantly for the last 20 years you could say and not necessarily officially sometimes just wanting to evolve and to explore what this crazy world is all about wild and wonderful and you know I had some personal issues like we all don't the biggest one being a lack of self-love and of course if you don't love yourself you can't really be loved by others it's the equivalent it's mm. the same ratio as the more you love the more pain you can get everything's got the equal opposite reaction and I did everything to build my I was confident on the outside but I didn't really feel it's a token term out there now enough or worthy I didn't even use that term I just was insecure you mm. know I was really insecure and I'm so not now. <laughs> I love myself. <laughs> I love me. Who do you love? No, seriously, I don't. I like who I am and who I've become is what I mean, because I'm proud of what I've achieved. And I've and I've, I've actually stepped forward into creating that. And I, I'm just on one story here. I'm going to divert for a second and say it's an interesting philosophy because people often 
look at say a wealthy family and say how lucky those kids are to have it so easy the truth is it's not a fact because each individual needs to have their own creation of their success whatever they're doing in order to feel that inner fulfillment well here's another just today i heard someone <laughs> talking and this is the reflects a story from another person i worked with um both of these guys successful in business yeah yeah really successful one of them particularly successful in business and you know talking about how yeah their family oh yeah they had to put up with a lot of grumpy me and um yeah the kids didn't have a lot much much time with me as their dad and that kind of thing and like i'm listening to them and going dude you made money i don't know how successful you've been yeah you know and that one of the one of the guys he's on to his second marriage now with kids and he's He's become very aware of that and now spends a lot of time with his family, devotes a lot of time to his family. Yeah. But that first time round, it was like the success is making the money. It's like, oh, it's broader than that, you know? Oh, so much. It's got to be holistic. Okay. Eh? And, yeah. and also, the, yeah, I'm totally on that page of, well, lucky that guy, he did pick up what has been, what was being put down by the universe and, Wait, wait, woke up. He did pick up a bundle of money too long. Oh, well, that's convenient. <laughs> but going back to my original story, which was how, yes, focus is important, but we missed a huge important missing link, which is everything that I do in my business, mm -hmm. which is the subconscious mind. Because what happened was nothing really changed in my life on the level of boosting self-esteem, being more genuinely confident at the core and feeling empowered to set boundaries, saying no to shit men and yes to beautiful people, all of that and more, nothing changed until I changed my subconscious beliefs. Now, how do you do that? Because you can in the past, it's quite popular to use hypnotherapy. I actually used and trained in a technique called Psych-K. So it's balancing the left and right brain. There is some physical association to it, but ultimately it's an energy psychology and since training in that, I've expanded my process and I do a process called the Conscious Creation Code. Now, this is about helping people to clear the resistance between their dream and reality. And we do this by getting clear on the dream mm. and ask their body and life itself, what is the resistance that is blocking this? Or not even what is the resistance, we clear that resistance. So it's energetic. But what the resistance is, is usually limiting beliefs, old thought patterns, sabotaging beliefs, family structures, you know, sometimes even in, in passed down from generations or past lives that can be, our thoughts are just energy, you can't touch them, so you can change energy. So you can actually change past energy and therefore change the trajectory of oh, yeah. the outcome. Yeah. And that's where nothing improved in my life was simple mindset motivation, ambition, that is not enough to make your life more awesome. In my opinion, in my experience, in my experience with my clients, which has been fantastic and amazing and exceptional, long-lasting results, is you have to reprogram the subconscious if you want real change. Otherwise, it's just like going on another fad diet. And this is a process of working out what your subconscious believes because if your subconscious and your conscious mind are not on the same page the subconscious is going to rule every time i actually for those who may be watching who don't know much about the conscious and subconscious i align it to the ant being the conscious a little ant tiny teeny tiny ant that's the conscious mind that's our that we think our rules our life it's that small our thinking brain the one that we should use to pay bills and cross roads with just logic stuff the elephant is the 
subconscious. So that size difference is the power difference. At the end of the day, if the ant was cruising along the road with the elephant sitting on his back and the elephant wanted to go right and the ant wanted to go left, we know it's going to go right, right? Therefore, if you can work out what's going on in your subconscious mind, there are ways you can work that out. Here's a few options that you can analyze your life with. Patterns, patterns that repeat in your life. That's one way that you can witness what is going on that I'm repeating the same pattern. Yeah, true. Number two, a physical ailments. Our physical body tells us a lot. It's a metaphysics yeah. of what's going on. If we're constantly getting throat problems or maybe we're not communicating our true needs, wants, desires, pains, or if we've got neck issues, maybe we're being inflexible and we need to look at life from a new perspective, or if we have hip problems or leg problems, maybe we're stuck and not moving forward and we've got a fear about failure or success or whatever your, your belief is, and that we, our body talks to us all the time. You've got a star in your eye. What is it you don't want to see? You know, it's really a bit corny, but it's so, so true. If someone thinks about it now, they'll probably be able to find something that they're feeling that is mimicking an emotional thing. And the way that I use it with clients, though, is I muscle test. So I will use the body's resistance against their own weight because muscle testing is, do you know muscle testing, kinesiology? Just to give you a brief what we do is, if you think about when we're happy, we're like, woo, yeah, we're strong and we're like fit. If the All Blacks win the rugby game, they're like powerful, strong and excited and energetic. But if somebody like is depressed and they, it's like they're weak and it's like, oh, life sucks. So our bodies are physically showing our emotions there. So that's a good example of reading your body's mm. mind. It's also an example of, what the body feels to be good. So if we muscle test somebody by pushing down their resistance, given a particular thing to think about, or this is difficult to explain, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it's going to be strong. So if, if I say to you, um, I love and accept myself, and then I muscle test you, and if your subconscious doesn't believe that to be true, your, weak, your muscle will be weak because yeah. it doesn't believe it to be true. Even though it, it ought to be true, you might have been conditioned as a young man to believe that you weren't worthy because maybe your, your great, great, great granddad always used to say you're an idiot. And over time that you believed that to be true, you, was, you were programmed because in our first seven years of life, we're basically in a brainwave state that's similar to hypnosis, which is why it's so powerful to reprogram the brain using hypnosis. But then there's the next stage up to age 14 where we then get an opportunity to learn through some hypnosis. We're still watching what's going on in our family and our parents and learning how to do life. But we get curious and we start asking questions so we can start to learn to ride a bike and repeat things. Basically, by age 14, most people are living the rest of their life out as a 14-year-old without awareness until they consciously decide, why am I reacting like that? Could I do it differently? Mm. Self-inquiry. Yeah, those, it's, it's weird. No one ever at school says, oh, um, you may not be fully aware of yourself. You know, it might take some time. No, no you, one's fully aware of themselves. I don't really think you can do better, but you'll be, we'll well, be learning to the day we die, I yeah, believe. I, I remember it was until my late 20s that I actually really realized that, hey, the way I act around people will influence their how they feel. You know, if, yeah. if I'm being a dick, it'll make people uh, upset or unhappy mm. or whatever. 
it's my late 20s mm. that I actually really kind of just that became clear. If you'd asked me before, then maybe I would have figured it out. But in terms of just becoming a clear thought to be aware of, consciously aware of, late 20s. Oh, absolutely. How ridiculous is that? No, I know. I mean, I think of myself, I probably was later than that, actually, considering I was really into spirituality and all the new age things. I studied aromatherapy you know, 28 years ago before it, people were like, aroma what? And by at those stages, you had to do a whole year's study with chemistry and now you can do a bloody weekend workshop and call yourself an aromatherapist, but supposedly. Um, and so I was into all this stuff. But, you know, I I align this to a lot of people believe that we're all spiritual people in my mind. You're spiritual souls having a human experience yet to be an actual active spiritual person is almost it's like a, a religion and in a way because it does change the way we do things a lot of people i know know the concepts like i did for all these years loving playing with the tarot loving doing angel cards loving going and seeing all these other woo-woo practitioners but i had read the book on how to swim as such but never put my toe in the water it's actually only really in the last seven or eight years that i have literally practiced and been full dive into really embracing living life with a conscious awareness I mean I, I was a bit more aware but not like I am now like crazy how dumb we can go through life yeah yeah for a people yeah for an animal that is amazing in terms of our intellect and what we can achieve what we can think about the level of awareness that people have is really low self-awareness is really low yeah, yeah. and it, it even yeah even even saying that i feel it feels ironic because i still know that i'm just not aware of what i'm doing half the time oh look yeah. we are you we do have some level of forgiveness for being a human yet i mean we can we yeah, we're not have, perfect well we all and we have triggers like this is the thing there there is it's interesting i've had a little bit of this lately myself where you know, I mean, I consciously I can, even if I'm going to look at somebody and make a judgment that would be anti my actual philosophy and I catch myself, I can consciously catch myself and go, God, Fiona, what's up with you? You must be, yeah. you know, like I've obviously in a shitty mood if I'm looking at somebody with untoward thoughts. But then there's other things like triggers. And this is a physical, visceral reaction to a circumstance that before you even have a thought, you've got a feeling. And it's, a, it's like fight or flight, right? It's running from the tiger. Now, this is a state that many people live in permanently. Do you know what? I had one of those today. Do you know what it was that triggered me? The sound of those big, flat, fat blowflies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of them got in here today, and immediately I was like, "Oh, will you fuck off!" Like I, I was furious because I, of the I, sound of an insect. I know. I actually did the same only days ago. I literally said the same thing. How bad are we? Like, oh, I don't like to put the. I don't want to put manifestation into being bad, but you know, like it, it is. I know, and it's, it's if you trigger. think about it, and and what it is. But I mean, okay, that's a great little tiny trigger. But you know, sometimes these triggers that's that's massive trauma in the background there. Or of something that can be healed, and then um, really, I don't know what the root cause is of my trauma with blowflies. Blowflies, yeah. I don't like the sound. Let, of them. Let's, let's think about it, shall we? <laughs> I think it's probably. I think that's probably deep. I think lots of people don't mm. like the sound of blowflies. <laughs> probably because of the association with death. Because well, if there's dead, rotting meat around, that's when you tend to see blowflies. Well, I think and it's maggots. different to everyone because that wouldn't be mine. But this is a really interesting 
concept. So why would a blog, I'm quite, I'm, I don't know, how do I say this? Do I say I'm born intolerant? I come from quite an intolerant family and I own my intolerance. I'm so much more patient than I ever used to be. And I don't like a lot of annoying noises, if I was to be honest. I like peace. Mm-hmm. So for me, it might, why do I don't like a blowfly? Why is it so annoying? I don't know, but I think it's, I think there's some deeper long-term evolutionary one behind blowflies. Blowflies have been around with us for a long time. I reckon lots of people, (laughs) when they, big fat ones come in, you know, and again, like when I think about them, the other thing, the image that comes to mind is when I was a kid and I would squash them because they'd be flying around and the maggots that would fall out of them. It's just like the worst thing. Maggots and weevils, uh, they are the, they're actually the worst things in the world to me. Maggots, yeah. Like, and I don't mind maggots, but when they come out of weevils. flies, they just oh, look gross. Okay, good. Yeah. Do you want me to, hey, I've just got this. Do you want, should, should we do something crazy here? Are you up for it? <laughs> are you up to be vulnerable on camera? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, like, so I want to show you a little bit about what I do. This is just, I wasn't planning doing this. So I've, I want to share some of the conscious creation code. It's pretty out there. So I'm going to tune into your energy to get some clarity. Now, this may or may not be super interesting. We don't know because I don't know what we're talking about. What I do with clients with the conscious creation code is instead of problem solving, like most people go and see a psychologist or a therapist. So people do come and see me instead of a psychologist or a coach. It's a different way of usually I'm the last resort. So it's quite cool because then I can perform my magic miracles. So instead of focusing on the problem, which we can do as well, I'll give you some examples of people have got low self-esteem or they just have issues around attracting abundance, money, or maybe they've got relationship issues. So there's going to be, this is constant issue in their life, their whole life. We will assess that as a problem. But usually what I do now instead is I create, focus on the creation. So rather than I don't trust people in relationships or, you know, I'm always disrespected or I always attract the wrong men or whatever it is. I say, okay, what's your ideal? So we really work together in this quite clever way to create what I call a creation or to craft a creation, which we can do. And then this is like casting the spell. Okay. So this is the magician casting the creation. So what I'm going to, what I then do is I tune into your higher self, your super conscious, if you give me permission to do so, we subconscious, and we find out what that resistance is, and we clear that to get the result. Now, because I wonder if we can just do it from, I'd love, I want to be able to muscle test you to start with. So is there something that you'd like to create that is not manifested at this time? So can you can go deep or not deep here, obviously. We can do a fight play for one, but do something that's fairly significant. If you'd asked me this <clears throat> th- three months ago, mm. I would have said, or four months ago, I would have said, yeah. Um, I don't know what it is, but there's something that I need to do. But now I feel like I've just started doing that thing, cool. which is the show. Yes. Honestly, it's this has made it. This has made a huge change to me because one thing we were saying before, and I didn't, I didn't get around to say it, but it, it's really easy, I find, for me, to let work, my job, dominate my life. Mm. Like, dominate it. And what I mean by that is you go to bed at night, you're going to sleep, 
You're thinking about things that happened at work or things that's going to happen tomorrow. You get up in the morning while you're trying to hang out with the kids and have breakfast and make their lunches or whatever, you're thinking about what you've got to do at work and you're getting stressed about that already. And then you've got all day at work and then the cycle repeats and you don't escape from it. So having something else allows me to shift my focus okay. from that to something which I enjoy and which gives, gives me joy and is, is a positive thing in my life. So right now, I don't feel like, to answer the question, I don't feel like there's a, a big thing, thing that yeah. I want to create. I kind of feel like I've just found that thing yeah. and I'm working on it now. So, um, I, yeah, I've, I feel really good because of this, doing this. Well, I'm really pleased to hear that. That's that's awesome because ultimately we just have to have that, as I said, passion and feel good factor. So let me just let me just have a little think about this for you. What about your health? Could we do something about that? Is how's your health? Just to, just to give an example to what we can do, but you're only if you're comfortable. Yeah, um, I yeah, think my health yeah. my health is pretty good. Your I think good? Yeah. yeah, really, I think it's pretty okay. good. Okay, well maybe we won't do it then. That's yeah. right. It was just, um, it's difficult to explain how it works, but I love the whole concept of focusing on creation rather than the problem solving. Oh, yeah, no, I can, yeah. on my health, is, health is a good one. I can definitely improve on my health. There's definitely stuff that I could create. If I look at my health that I create there, yeah, totally. I would, I can see something that I would want to build around that. Yep. Now, for the sake of example, I wonder, can I, um, can I reach, can you just want to see if I can muscle test you from afar? Can we lean over and touch hands? Sure, Fiona. <laughs> Let me move my drink. So this is not normal. This is I'll just do this. This is not normally how I how I do it. But I'm just going to put your arm out straight like this, and looking down at the floor, just repeat yes, yes, yes. And I'm yes, push, yes, yes. And I'm going to push down on your hand. Stay strong. So can you stay as strong as you can? Oh yeah. Stay strong like that, right? Okay, it's really strong. Yeah. Now say no, no, no. No, no, no. Now stay strong. Okay. Say yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Stay strong. Say no, no, no. No, no, no. Stay strong. Say my name is Tim. <laughs> and my name is Tim. Stay strong. Say my name is Mary. My name is Mary. Stay strong. Okay. Did you see the difference in what's true and what's not? Uh, yeah, I guess a little. A little. Just a little? Yeah, a little. Well, I suppose. You can watch the video later. But I guess that <laughs> might that might just come to from, well, it feels like that's coming from yes and no. Immediately in your mind saying those words for me set me in different directions. Exactly. That's what, this is just an yep. example because this is not actually doing it. This is me showing how your body is reacting to different thoughts. Yeah. So now I want to just do a very simple, how are we going to do this health thing? And if we do the health, are we going to do, I, I, let me know because I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position. What would, how would you describe your ideal health situation? Let's, well, I'm not doing a proper oh. way of creating it. What would it look for, like to you? Oh, for me, it would just be more time spent being active, like being active and pushing my limits in terms of physical capability, you know, doing, spending more time climbing. When I look at, when I look at the kids, you watch what they do during their day, mm. like they just spend so much time moving their bodies through a full range of motion. They're on the floor, they crawl underneath things, they climb on everything. Yeah. On the way to school, they stop at trees and jump on the branches and swing from a branch and jump to another branch. You know, and I'm standing there just holding their backpack yeah. like this. So for me, the suppleness. Yeah, one of the things I think about is I would love to build here or somewhere like a, a adult's playground, yeah, yeah, a bigger yeah, playground. Yeah. So there's something that I can hang on and jump on and climb on as well because it's pretty tough to do the monkey bars on kids' oh monkey God. bars. We've got to pull your knees up I couldn't to even get do off one. the ground. 
So oh. yeah, I know, I know. Oh, well, anyway, we, we could we'll do that in private time, I think, because like <laughs> could be could take a while. It might be a bit tricky actually over the table to be fair. But, but it's good, even that. No, that's good. Even that, just then taking that time to to think for a yeah, second yeah, about what you want. Yeah, what what you want. That that helps you because again, if I feel like okay, I've got a goal, I've got a picture, I can see something I want to achieve, and I know I feel like I want to get there. If you don't take the time to do that, then you're not even going to have that thought reoccur maybe tomorrow. You go, I oh, remember you thought about building that. Oh, yeah, I should go outside and have a look and build that thing. Or can I find a metal bar I can climb on and hang off? And you're starting to move towards the goal or what intent that you call it. Yeah, intention. intention. Absolutely. Well, but that's, I mean, you, you've done a lot of little creative things like that over the last couple of years around your house but, and everything. So it looks really. But they're yeah. things that I need to yeah. do. They're things that bring me joy. That's like, what I mean. It's yeah. important. That yeah. That's why it's quite well rounded and you get more inner fulfillment because you're feed, if, feeding different areas from health, work, fun, passion, creativity, physical work, kids. If, if I got the $2 million every January the 1st or whatever, <laughs> then yeah. I'd spend a lot of time working in the yard just building things. Yeah, that's cool to know. That's really interesting, isn't it, considering the line of work that you have been in? Yeah, I'd yeah. definitely just be out there building stuff, gardens. Yeah. It's it's a really powerful question to ask yourself, yeah. and I think that that's the game changer to challenge yourself. I actually have a twenty one day nurture your soul's purpose challenge that I offer online. It's just you do it in your own time, but it's twenty one days of receiving a daily task. And when I first created it, I thought it's the first week's about the mind, then it's a body, and then it's more deep into the soul and energy in the third week. And it's very much getting to know yourself. You know, like I thought the first week was super easy because I'm really into what I'm into. So sometimes you get so obsessed with what you do that it's too, it's easy to you, but not it's complete new information to other people. Oh, yeah. And I, this was this challenge is too hard. I actually have to soften the challenge because oh, the for bit, the other people, the bit that I thought yeah. was easy was this journaling about who you are, and it was so challenging for people. They really got stumped mm. and being forced to look at yourself mm. and really think about it that's a tough thing to do you spend a whole life avoiding a lot of yourself well you know? so, so apparently i mean i'm completely obsessed with it, so, <laughs> with self-evolvement self-development and i mean because i'm far from perfect and we'll be doing this till the day i you know die like if, i i love the whole well, once you open the can of worms you realize how Big the cosmos is, you know. And like we said earlier, there's the challenge. I mean, the challenge of looking at yourself, really looking at yourself and acknowledging what's there and then saying, okay, that's how it is. What am I going to do about it? That's a big challenge. If you achieve that and you improve, you get big reward. But it's very easy to look and then look away and and not not look and or acknowledge what's there and then just run and hide from it. What would be an example of that that you would that you might do or that you know somebody who might do? I mean, I, I agree with you, but I'm just like because oh. I, I want to share an example that's common out there. It's just popped into my head as you're talking about it. So let's say, in particular with women, but men too, say so look in the mirror and they go, oh, jeez, I've got so out of shape, you know? And so the first thing people do is beat themselves up, better restrict myself, better be mean to myself, put me on a dollar, better better do something. But really the, the idea would be to first accept, nourish, be compassionate 
And when we're nice to ourselves, we're more likely to be drawn to the right exercise and the right food. So I feel a lot of it's back to front. So mm. that just I just sort of yeah. share that little bit of tip. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I think you're right. It's it's weird. Like you, you, we're happy to be nice to ourselves to say, oh, well, I'll go and have chocolate. That feels good or whatever. I, I love chocolate. But it's tough to say, look at yourself and go, oh, yeah, I'm getting overweight. Oh, it's okay, man. Let's let's sort this out. We'll figure this out. It's hard to say that to yourself. That's not the way it normally happens. Well, it's like, oh, shit. It, but it doesn't. Is it? She goes a, a step bigger because, for example, and a lot of women my age, actually, and, you know, I just can put myself into the same category. So we look in the mirror and we go, well, this is not the same. And instead of going, oh, you fat tart, we can actually go, so why is this? You know, obviously one reason could be overeating, but nine times out of ten, it's actually not. It's either stress, too high cortisol, or hormonal imbalances or unhappy relationships. And so it actually forces you to go, okay, so, hey, chicky babe, what's actually going on? Instead of going, you fat tart, go, hey, now why is this happening? Why are you protecting yourself with the extra weight? Or why are you overeating? Or why? And then you go into the, and that's where we be self-compassionate. So I asked you the question before, what's an example where you might have looked at something or some example you could make up? Anything we do, it can be, looked at in the same way rather than oh sure, I could change that but oh I just want to go over the other way I'm going to ignore it the reality is why are we not putting a stress management plan in place why are we not keeping ourselves healthy why are we hiding from dating why are we staying in a job we hate why are we doing all the stuff that we are doing that's the that's the question mm. that most people to me it's a simple question you've got to go holistic Yet, most people are just focused on that simple short-term goal of buying the house, getting the materialism that society and conditioning told you was how you do life. I'm all about the big picture. So my whole life is dedicated to helping people to become more conscious of themselves as part of a greater whole. And that way they can expand themselves and have more joy, success and happiness and be a service to the world as well. Yeah. So it's very happy, peace, love, and happiness. It totally is because my role is all about love. <laughs> I'm here to teach love. I actually do. Like I am, te- I am. That's kind of what I do. I've never said it like that before. Then my role in life is to, I've I've had to find the love within myself for myself, and I allow it to radiate out of me. And when I come up against my own triggers, I dampen my love or light for myself and others, and I turn into unwell, tired, exhausted person. And, you know, the love heals. It's It's a good way to wrap it up, isn't it? Well, it's good. (laughs) No, it's a good skill to teach people to have, again, just that awareness of themselves in wherever situation they are in life. If you can find, if you can learn the skill to be able to say, okay, I'm here. Maybe I'm just going to, however you phrase it, I'm going to step outside for a second and have a look around and go, okay, maybe things aren't that bad. Or not just think everything is bad, but take stock of what's good and what still is good and use that as a point to go, okay, this is where I am. Maybe this isn't where I planned to be when I was 11. Yeah. (laughs) But this is where I am. And my arms and legs work. I can still do stuff. I can make a change. It's And that's the mental strength. That's like doing the exercise each day because yeah. it's the next morning when you get up to still hang on to that thought and go, 
I can do this. I'm going to find a way to make my, my life more joyous or find the things I want to do and work towards that, you know. And I tend to look at it slightly different because I will find what the resistance is. And that's what I wanted to do a little, but we'll, we'll do it another day. They find the resistance that's making it harder for it not to be natural and easy. Why is it that we're well, why is it we can't eat healthy? Why is it we're drawn to those potato chips or that chocolate on for this month over and over and then heal that resistance? It could be something more deep and serious. It could be a, a big issue with your family. It could be dysfunction in the relationships. It could be attracting abusive relationships. It could be a bad health issue. But whatever it is, there's some what I call resistance, which is a block, and that can be a subconscious belief or an energetic form that needs to be released. So it's quite deep and it's quite woo-woo, very esoteric in the way that I work. But the... Yeah, it makes sense. There's always there's causes for why things happen. And you know? and I, I just don't think willpower is enough at the end of the day. I think it yeah. is... It's because that's... Willpower is good, but then if you hit a blockage and you can't get past that blockage with your willpower, remove the blockage and then get onto your goal yeah, with your willpower. Willpower, logic together, so that's our thinking brain, with working, co-creating with the universe as your partner in crime is to me, I found personally the most easy, wonderful, happy way of living life. And that might be all year, but yeah, it's always the way, whether it's big business or running a family or handling an emotional upset. It's a support that I never really fully believed, even though I wanted to believe until I had personal experiences over the last probably seven years that now I don't just know it from the idea. I feel it and live it. And having the appreciation for what we have in life is the fastest and easiest way for us to get into that feel-good vibe if we are finding we're feeling a bit down or feeling a bit flat. And that's a tip that I really like to give to a lot of people because it's quite easy to shift our mindset if we can focus on appreciating the little things we have because we get a bit store blind as they say in shops to what we have around us do you know i used to do this as a as a trick to my mental trick to myself where sometimes like i go somewhere and maybe I'd go to a restaurant and i'd order a meal and i get the meal and it would be not be what i was expecting yeah. or wanted or thought it was going to be like and so i would do the the three-day trick i used to call it where i'd imagine I hadn't eaten for three oh, days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd actually like try to, I'd yeah. like, I'd take the time yeah. to get right in my mind and try and go, I haven't eaten, I'm so hungry, I haven't eaten for three days, and look at that and go, fuck, that's not too bad, you know, I can eat that. Yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy it more now because, and I think, I don't it's think. It's relative, it, eh? Well, yeah, I actually don't think it was that, it, that was it so much. I don't think it was that I actually made myself feel hungry and like that made the food more desirable. I think it was the time that I'd taken the time to play this little game in my head that was a fun game. And so I suddenly went from, oh, that food's shit, to, oh, I'm being a dick and having, I'm being funny in my head, like I'm playing. And that made me enjoy it more. It was actually very forward thinking. I'm quite impressed. It was, yeah, I used to do it occasionally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember doing a lot of juice cleanses and going, you know, on retreats and things like that. And at the end of the night, you get to have this broth with paprika in or something. And it was like, you just, you know, it's all like the, the excitement of the night was the, the warm paprika drink. And so it is, it is, but it's like having that warm shower after you've been on an overland trip or something like that. Oh. And, but I mean, we live in luxury. We have running water oh, yeah. in our taps. The sun comes up every day. We've got so much stuff to play with. 
and yet we you know what I do to myself actually I do this like if I'm having a big upset in my own mind (laughs) and life gets overwhelming I actually just get real with myself sometimes and I go make myself look at the big picture and just like what what are you I sort of step outside of it. Exactly. Yeah. Step outside yourself. Have a look at yourself and go, how fucking amazing are you? Look, you're a you're a healthy person. You've got these limbs that move, all this sort of stuff. You've got all this capability. You've just got to get yourself going. Well, there's that aspect as well as... For like, if, like if someone said to you, hey, Fiona, look, I know you're feeling shit, but I can give you this person... This person looks just like you. Here's this person, and you can control them. They, you can get them to go and do work or do whatever you want. Yeah, if you'd looked at that, you go, "That's a valuable asset." If someone's <laughs> given me that person, that is valuable, man. But we don't see that in yeah. ourselves unless you recognise it and go, "Okay, yeah, I can do what I want to do. I can get out there and do that." Well, there's that aspect, and I've actually come in from a slightly different as one as well, which is kind of just. Getting over yourself. Like when we talk about get out of your own way, we're the only thing blocking us from achieving our dreams or, you know, getting what you want in life. That is literally a energy, a subconscious block or a mindset or just an attitude or old-fashioned beliefs. These, if I just get, if I stop and I go, why are you making a big deal about that? It's mm. just, I mean, there is obviously some things that do trigger trauma. <laughs> you know, I've had quite a big one that I had to get over um, a while ago and I couldn't really get, that was this visceral stuff I was talking about. But on a day-to-day basis, I think it's easy to, if we can train ourselves in practice, to just look at the big vibe of this is just an ego issue. This isn't the beautiful essence of soul that we are. This big drama that we've created and having a fight with your boyfriend or whatever just let it go. Mm. Just let it go. Let yeah. it go. I think that's what I was trying to get at. I didn't explain that so well, except the answer is in the moment of kerfuffle, unless it's an extreme, raw, visceral, excruciating pain inside, which does happen, and that's or fight or flight, we can choose to just go, let it go. Oh, yeah. I, I, Exhale. I do, it, I do it all the time. With, you're um, amazing. With, you're amazing, Tim. No, no, I, I, do, <laughs> I, do, I do it all the time because Renee likes to leave her jandals in the doorway <laughs> and it gets yeah. to me. And yet, like, I just go, it's not worth it. Well, just yeah. deal with it and just mm-hmm. walk over them. Well, it's a lot like dating a new guy. I, I've had plenty of experience in dating new guys, sadly. <laughs> sadly. And this is where the tolerance thing can come in and out of play. So, you know, I have to do this a lot. Is this, this is not a deal breaker. This is not a deal breaker. Does he need to get a clean towel every time, even though we have a heated towel rail? And I've kind of used my last towel for the last three or four days. No, he, King Farouk, he can have a fresh towel twice a day. It's these things that you've just got to recognise people are different and you've got to accept them. And there's another point to add here that I'm, very big into banging on about a lot of banging on, you know, sad as that sort of banging. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tim. but you know what? You gotta say stuff about the little things because if you are willing to let it go, sweet as let it go. But if you're gonna build up that towel on the ground, toilet seat up, jandals in the doorway, made the coffee wrong, complained about it, if you build up and you don't say to the other person, Hey, babe, 
you know, when you do complain about the coffee I make you every morning out of the goodness of my heart, you know. Pretty soon you're going to wear that coffee. Yeah. You know, and you can kind of even make a joke about it if it's day four of the complaint. But if it's 20 years down the track and then one day the guy just stops making coffee because he's like, bugger her, I have no respect for that guy. Just tell her the fourth day or maybe the first day. And then you won't build the resentment because it's that shit that breaks up relationships and causes the big issue. I mean, obviously there's multiple things that happen, but this is the breakdown in relationships that I see time and time again with my clients is that no one was willing to be deeply honest in the moment. They thought that was too little. But then when the big affair happened, because the affairs happen, because that tart moaned about how I made a coffee every morning, at least this babe over here. She gives me compliments. It's so little. Mm. I'm not saying that that's everybody's story. It's just a simple example. Yet I'm big into deep, honest communication, and it's not easy. The last relationship I entered, dot, 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 where is it going? Sorry. (laughs) Um, I suggested this deep honesty as part of one of our packs to have an amazing, extraordinary relationship, which is the only type of relationship that I'm choosing to be in. And he was like, all up for it, totally, okay? Such a game changer from his last relationship. He had no idea what I meant well, by deep honesty. Well, maybe, It was a whole other world. Well, that's maybe <laughs> maybe that's because he hasn't had, like, all the years of sort of working towards this like you oh, did. Oh, no, he hasn't. Yeah. That's right. And so, I mean, it's a, it is a joke. It's a laugh. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a big thing. But that is the reality is people don't understand what that even means because they – flip things off like it's no if you can let it go if you can let something go let it go but a lot of times it's a, people ba- can't. It's a balance it's a balancing act it is you know honestly people always you live with someone you try and live with someone they're always going to do things that bother you some of the time you've got to pick them up on it and some of the time you've got to go you know what that's part of them it's not that bad i pick my battles so i can get over it and sometimes you got to go well maybe they're doing that because something else isn't going right for them you know absolutely and, and, huge communication opening it's the the thing the thing that I am, I guess, pr- maybe not, but maybe proud of myself about in a relationship with Renee is that I do recognise that she's stressed out about mm. things sometimes, you know, like, and shit, that's that's why she's acting or feeling that way. It's because she's got a whole heap of stress going on at the moment, you know, something like that. So, yeah. And there's it, always another part to the story, and that's why I also suggest that you're actually doing the other person a favour to politely say, babe, can you please not complain about the coffee because it kind of hurts my feelings because I kind of do it out of love. And then they go, oh, sorry, sorry, dude, I didn't even realise I was doing it. It's just me being pedantic about coffee in general because I'm fussy even about the way I make my own coffee. And then I'll never do it again because I've been meant to have explained it nicely. And it's that simple. So I agree that. Comms, got to talk, got to talk. It's it's everything. I mean, there's deal breakers and then there's communication. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. shall we wrap it up? We need a glass of wine. Sure. <laughs> sure. I need a glass of wine. <laughs> no. Uh, sorry. Oh, I'm like, oh, hey, I'll put them back on. I just want to get a, a picture.